Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back. Overtime, 106.7 The Fan. Toby Altizer with you here for... One last hour before we turn it over to JR Sport Brief. He's in studio here, hanging out. Make sure you keep it tuned here, 106.7 The Fan, all night long. So we're talking about this commander's defense. And here's the thing that might concern me the most. I've talked about some of the things that worry me just a little bit with not being able to stop the run, right? We talked about some of what happened that first drive against Cleveland. And I get that there's very small sample sizes, but you'd like to see them better than what they showed. I talked about some of the sluggishness in the starts of both of the games in the preseason. The Cleveland game didn't look ready to play. The Baltimore game, even worse, didn't look ready to play. They stepped it up eventually, but they didn't look ready to go. Like that first touchdown they had against... Baltimore, that Baltimore had. I don't know what in the world was going on with Quan Martin. I don't know why Percy Butler looked like he wasn't interested in making a tackle and getting off the block. That was not great. That was minimal effort, and frankly, I would hope that the coaches in the film room were calling that out because that is not good. But those, they do concern me, but those aren't the biggest things that concern me. You want to know what the biggest concern I have is? It's Deshaun Watson scrambling nine yards. Deshaun Watson scrambles 10 yards. And the easy one to remember, just off the top of my head, in that Cleveland game, is Deshaun Watson is in the pocket. Chase Young makes a a great play against Jedrick Wills. Great rush. Gets his hands on Deshaun. Probably should bring him down. You know, we can say all that stuff. But then the Red Sea opens up the middle, and he just runs. He's just gone right up the middle. First down. Chase Young needs to make that sack. I understand that. You get your hands on the guy, you've got to find a way to bring him down. But you know how much easier it would be if they all worked together and contained the quarterback? I don't know what Fedarian Mathis was doing on that play. I'm not sure if there was some stunt being run if you watched the tape again, and Deron Payne just... Runs right up the field. I don't know if there was a stunt that they were running. Obato on the other side didn't get the signal. I have no idea. But if you go back and watch that play, Chase Young makes a fantastic rush against the left tackle, and then there was no one in the middle. No one. It looked like when you play backyard football and you just say hike, and then you run the route. There was no one in front of them. No line. And that makes the job of... Chase Young that much more difficult because 
all Deshaun has to do is just take off running. There's no lane to try to find. There's no slowing him down. He just takes off. And this is what worries me. If they cannot contain the quarterback, there are going to be problems this year for this football team. Listen to the schedule that this team has at the beginning of the year. Arizona. We'll see. I think that Colt McCoy can move around a little bit. I wouldn't say it's too big of an issue, but he's at least somewhat mobile. I don't know that he's going to kill you with his legs, but he can at least move around. Russell Wilson, probably in that same boat, but he can move around a little bit, and I would expect him to be better than he was last year. Josh Allen? You're telling me you're not going to contain the quarterback against Buffalo? Good luck. You're going to be in some trouble because Josh Allen is going to make you pay. Week four, Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts. Oh, so you're just going to open up huge holes for Jalen Hurts? Again, good luck. And here might be the worst one of all of them. Week five against the Bears, Justin Fields. I would love to see him beat this team with his arm. Because I don't think he can do it. But he might not have to if there are holes bigger than the Red Sea opening in the middle. Holes so big you could drive a truck through it. All the metaphors. Pull them all out because that's how big the holes are that he had. He would have to run through if it were anything like the Cleveland game. And we all know that Deshaun Watson is mobile. And they didn't do anything about it. That's what concerns me. Desmond Ritter coming up the next week. Trying to look up his rushing totals in college. I don't think he was necessarily a run-first guy, but he ran the ball a little bit, if I recall. Trying to find exactly what he was able to do on the ground. Let's see, rushing. Only uh, 365 yards his senior year. 592 his junior year. 650 his sophomore year. 583 his freshman year. So... He wants to pass more. I understand that. He can still run it if he needs to. So let's see. We've had six weeks of the season, four ultra-mobile guys, or at least three ultra-mobile guys, and three that can definitely still move. And if you're going to give them lanes that big, watch out. Week seven, New York Giants. Do we need to bring up Daniel Jones against this football team again? Because we already know what he does against this football team. Daniel Jones would be a Hall of Famer if he just played this football team every single week. And you want to know why? Because there's no discipline to contain the quarterback. They are not containing the quarterback. Week 8, Philadelphia again. They can move. Your first guy that you probably don't have to worry about running around a whole lot, and so maybe you don't have to be as disciplined and containing the quarterback is... Against the Patriots in week nine. Week nine. Your first eight weeks of the season, you need to be disciplined and contain the quarterback. And here's what I think drives me insane. Last year, think about when this team was at its best. The middle to the end of the season, the defense really started to click. You want to know why? They started to play disciplined football on the defensive line. And they rushed in concert with one another. There wasn't an edge rusher that was freelancing and opening a huge hole for the quarterback to escape. They all knew what was going on. They all understood where each other were rushing. And so eventually the pocket would just collapse because the talent on that D-line was just too much. Because at some point, that talent's going to win out. And here's what I need you to do. 
Here's the challenge for you guys. Here's the challenge for you, Montez. Here's the challenge for you, Chase. I know you can run the hoop really quick. That does me no good. I know you can run up the field and run around the quarterback. Congratulations. So can every other edge rusher because the offensive tackle doesn't care if you're just going to run 10 yards up the field. I need you to show me some of that athleticism to get up the field and then make a move and to keep the quarterback contained. I need you to show me that you can be an elite edge rusher the way Nick Bosa is. I need to see that. You have talent. There's no doubt about it. But you just sprinting around and running circles around the pocket doesn't do me any good because now you're opening holes for the quarterback to run. And week three against Josh Allen, he's going to take advantage of that. And week six against the Giants, he's going to take advantage of that. Can't have that. I need them to rush in unison. That might be the thing that worries me the most because last year when they were at their best, those guys up front, and I understand Chase wasn't playing, but those guys up front were working so well together. And when you look back at his rookie season, Chase Young, that's what made him special as a number two overall pick. He had all the talent. He was so good. He had all these different things that he could do, but he didn't do anything that was outside of the defense. He didn't act as a freelancing guy on the edge. And I think that's one thing that he started to do that second year. I don't know if he started feeling himself a little bit too much. I don't know if it's because he wasn't in camp. I don't know if it's because he wasn't with his coaches from Ohio State. I don't know what it was. But that second year, he started to just do whatever he wanted to do. He didn't care about what was going on with the rest of the defensive line. I'm going to do what I good and well please because I'm the dude. And you saw what happened. He didn't look nearly as good. Remember Warren Sapp last year was talking with these guys, talking about the defensive line, and he looked at it and said, man, there's a lot of talent, but they don't play together. They don't play as a unit. If this defensive line plays together as a unit, they are going to overwhelm almost every offensive line in this league because the nature of the beast, listening to some podcasts about the NFL, the nature of the beast in the NFL now is defensive lines are better than offensive lines just because defensive line talent is better than offensive line talent. And so when you find an elite offensive lineman, you have to pay them a lot of money. In turn, you can't keep all your offensive linemen because you can't pay all of them. So you're going to have more talent on most D-lines than offensive lines, and especially on this defensive line. I don't know if there's a single offensive line in the NFL that I would feel comfortable if I were an opposing team and Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, and Montez Sweat rolled into town. Because if your tackles are good, okay, you can stop the edges, but they're probably not even the best defensive linemen. Oh, your interior is good? Well, now you're going to have to go one-on-one with Chase Young and Montez Sweat. So there's not a single unit that they shouldn't overwhelm and dominate. The question is, can they work together? Because if they don't, and they start freelancing, they start doing their own thing, then that's how you see this defense going from being a top five in talent and not living up to it. Because I don't think there's a doubt in my mind that overall, even though the linebacking core is not very good, I don't think that there's any way you could look at this defense talent-wise and not think they're at least a top 10 unit, probably a top five unit. Because when you look across the defensive line, obviously you got studs. And then I think some of the backups are pretty good. 
I like James Smith Williams. I like F.A. Obata. I like John Ridgeway. Book's still out on Fedarian Mathis, but I like some of those backups. And then you look at the secondary, and I think Cam Curl is, I think you could argue he's maybe the second most important player on the defense, maybe third. Focus wrote an article this week saying that he thinks that Cam Curl, you could argue, is the most important player on the defense. I wouldn't go that far. I think it's still John Allen. But I think it's a valid point that look at the defensive numbers when Cam Curl's on the field versus off the field. Hugely different. And this defense is much more mediocre without Cam Curl, especially when you don't have real linebackers on this football team because Cam Curl can come up and play as a faux linebacker of sorts. He can come up there and help you out. So they can get away with it because they have a guy like Cam Curl, which, speaking of, sign the guy. Please pay him. Derek Forrest, he's really broken out. He's a guy you can depend upon as a deep safety, a guy that's willing to lay the wood. Fifth-round pick, so you got to give credit to the draft process and Ron Rivera on that one. Percy Butler looks like he's starting to play faster. Jeremy Reeves is a solid fill-in safety when you need him. Like, you've got some talent on the back end, and then at corner, you got to like where you're at. Benjamin St. Juice, I think he's had a nice camp. Now, one thing that I'll say, it'll drive me nuts if they do it, and it looks like they're going to. I, I think that they're going to rotate guys in different spots just throughout the season and various things, obviously injuries and all those things. Benjamin St. Juice is not a slot corner. He's not. So stop trying to play him in the slot. You know he's not a slot corner, so stop playing him there. You want to, You want one video of evidence why he's not a slot corner? I understand it's one-on-ones. Go watch the video of one-on-ones. Benjamin St. Juice versus Zay Flowers in the slot. Wide open. I could have made the pass. Very easy. Because St. Juice can't cover in the slot. He's a good player. He's an outside corner. Forbes, I think he's more of an outside corner. I think if you needed to him, he could play the slot. But I don't necessarily want him in the slot playing the run all the time with his size. Not to say that he can't. I just don't want him hitting all the time because at some point you would think if he has to hit all the time, he'd probably get hurt. Kendall Fuller, we'll see. Maybe he's lost a bit of a step. Could he play in the slot? That's the one question mark is who's going to be able to play that slot position? Can they give you the type of play that you need there? But Kendall Fuller still solid. Quan Martin, that's another guy that I, I question what they're trying to do with him. Look, Quan Martin is a second-round rookie and you're having him try out three different positions, basically, with nickel, safety, and like a buffalo nickel or even outside corner. Like, what are you trying to do with this guy? Find what he's good at and then make him good at one position. Then you can work on some of this positional flex stuff later. But that's part of why I think he's been slow and why he's struggled so far in this preseason. He's done well in practice. But I think part of the reason he struggled in games is he's seeing new things and he's slow to react. Why? Because he's got a million things running through his head because he's trying to learn three different positions. That's on the coaching staff. But when you look around this defense, they've got so much talent. They really do. They have no excuse not to be minimum a top 10 unit. I would think they need to be top five. We'll see if Jack Del Rio gets them there. I have some serious concerns about this defense. I, I get that we haven't seen a lot of them in the preseason. 
I get that making a lot out of one drive is maybe a little bit foolish. I understand all of that. But this defense, in order for this football team to be as good as it can be, they absolutely have to be the driving force for this team. I want to talk about some of the rumors going on around the NFL. We'll talk about Jonathan Taylor, Chris Jones, some of these 49ers quarterbacks. I want to get into some of the NFL rumor mill. We'll do that next on Overtime on the Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Over time, 1067 The Fan. Toby Altizer with you up until 10 o'clock. I want to take a look around the NFL rumors going on around the NFL. Maybe you've been so dialed in on the preseason. Maybe it's almost time to start getting ready ready for some of those fantasy drafts. What's going on around the NFL? Feel free if you want to hop in, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer as well. So I want to start, speaking of fantasy drafts, with the guy that was the consensus number one overall pick last year. Just last year, Jonathan Taylor. What's going on with him? So Stephen Holder from ESPN said that six teams have inquired about trading for him since the Colts have given him the opportunity to look for trades. And part of me wonders if that's not a strategic move by the Colts of sorts. Go out there and look, JT. You're going to find that what you think you're worth, you're not going to get. But six teams have inquired about it. Two teams have made offers. And I think there's a team that makes a lot of sense here. I'll get into that in just a second. But... I'm interested who the six teams would be, who the two that made offers, because with Indianapolis saying that they're looking for the equivalent or they're looking for a first-round pick, like that is a lot of stuff to give up for a running back in the modern time. And I really do like Jonathan Taylor. I was in Wisconsin while he was at Wisconsin. I think he's a very good running back. I think you can still find ways to use running backs in the modern NFL that 
I don't know if you can justify a first-round pick at this point, but you can still justify giving up a lot. But are they going to... Are they really going to get a first-round pick or the equivalent of it for Jonathan Taylor? Like, this is what Christian McCaffrey was traded for last year. A second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. And so I just don't think that some team's going to be willing to give up a second, third, fourth, and fifth for Jonathan Taylor. Would you? I know some people want to link Washington to Indianapolis. It makes no sense. There's no chance Jonathan Taylor's wearing burgundy and gold. It just, that really makes no sense to me. But if you're a GM of a football team right now, seeing where running backs are not getting paid, Josh Jacobs is another one we can watch out for, but running backs just aren't getting paid. If they get taken in the first round, there's still question marks about that. Bijan Robinson goes in the first round this year, and there's really not question marks about it until you think about would you have taken Saquon Barkley where he was taken? Would you have taken Ezekiel Elliott where he was taken? They were good football players, no doubt about it, and they helped their team win some football games. But I, I don't know if I would say that that was worth the picks where they were taken. So would you give up all those picks for Jonathan Taylor? I don't know that I would. But if there was one team that I think it makes a lot of sense for, there was one team as a guy who has Jonathan Taylor on one of my dynasty fantasy football teams, if there was a team that I would prefer he go to if they're going to trade him, which all signs point to that because it's getting ugly. Chances of him just going back to Indy and settling things there because he's going to want an extension and them figuring everything out, I don't think that's possible. But if there were one team I wanted to go to, Miami Dolphins. I think that they make some sense. I think that when you look at their running back depth chart, they've got Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Devon A. Chain, Salvan Ahmed, Miles Gaskin. Mostert's nice. I do like Raheem Mostert, especially in the scheme that they run. But I don't think he's better than Jonathan Taylor. I don't think that he elevates your offense. Think about the difference you've seen in the San Francisco offense when they brought over Christian McCaffrey as opposed to when they were running it with other guys. You can find guys that can run the offense. There's no doubt about it. Think about San Francisco and some of the guys they've tried it through there, Raheem Mostert being one of them. There's a difference, though, between having a solid running back and a transcendent-type talent at running back that gets you over the top. San Francisco was way better once they traded for Christian McCaffrey. Was it worth it? I don't know. But either way, it definitely made their offense a lot better and more explosive. Think about if Jonathan Taylor were in that backfield where they run an outside zone scheme. And if you just think about, if you've watched Jonathan Taylor, the whole point of it is you kind of flow with it and then get up the field, one cut, up the field, burst through the line, wherever you see the hole. When you think about that kind of a scheme and the kind of runner that Jonathan Taylor is and how powerful he can be, but how good he is, that would be scary to watch. The Colts have very much run similar scheme at the outside zone. And if you just think about running that in an offense where you've got Tyreek Hill, you've got Jalen Waddle, 
You've got those guys on the outside and the speed that you have to contend with there. So you can't bring safeties down into the box to slow down Jonathan Taylor because go ahead and do that. Tyreek Hill's going for an 80-yard touchdown. Go ahead and do that. Jalen Waddle's catching the ball going 75 to the house. So they're not going to bring the safeties down. So you're going to have the ability to run the football because of the fact that they're not going to stack the box. So that's an intriguing play for me. Because if you're the Miami Dolphins, you've definitely improved over the last couple of seasons. And Mike McDaniel, if you've listened to the play callers, the, the podcast series by The Athletic, which was fantastic, by the way. You should listen to it if you haven't. They kind of talked about the various guys, Mike McDaniel, Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. And the guy that was the run game coordinator or the guy that was the most savvy in the run game was Mike McDaniel. You give him a guy like Jonathan Taylor, look out. I think that that would be a fun one. The other guy that's kind of interesting with all of this, speaking of running backs, is Josh Jacobs. Where does he fit in? Does he end up getting moved? I don't think he gets moved. But is he just going to show up week one? I don't know. It's intriguing. I want to get into some of the other guys. There's, I want to get into the 49ers quarterbacks. We'll do that next. But I also want to talk about a key piece of Kansas City that still isn't in camp. And I don't feel like it's been talked about enough. But we'll do that coming up in the last segment. Next segment, I want to talk about the 49ers quarterbacks. Kyle Shanahan's a genius, right? Because he traded for Trey Lance. Wrong. We'll talk about it next. Welcome back, 106.7 The Fan. It's overtime. Toby Altizer with you up until 10 o'clock this evening before JR Sport Brief takes you the rest of the way tonight. Keep it here on 106.7 The Fan all evening long. I want to talk about the 49ers quarterback situation. It's really intriguing to me because Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch run this... What, what, what do you want to say? Uh... Pristine is that I'm trying to think of the word. I, I can't think of it, but pristine franchise or very, very pristine. I can't even think of the word, but they run this franchise that everyone else wants to be like. And yet this team traded three first round picks and a third for a quarterback who's Never going to be their starting quarterback for more than, what? I, I got to look up how many games he even started for them. Trey Lance barely even played for them. And they traded all of this stuff for him. And he's never going to be their long-term answer at quarterback. And yet, they run the esteemed franchise. And he's made eight games. He's only started... Four? I mean, and, and this is where you're at with the 49ers. So, Brock Purdy's going to start. Sam Darnold was officially named the backup quarterback, I believe it was yesterday. And Trey Lance is left as the third quarterback, but he's not because he's probably going to be on the way out. And they're probably going to trade him for a fifth rounder. Maybe if someone wants to give a little bit more, a fourth rounder. But he's not going to go for a whole lot. This is a guy who 
you had Jimmy Garoppolo in the fold, and I understand the limitations of Jimmy Garoppolo. There's no doubt about it. We all understand who Jimmy G is. But this is a guy that took you to Super Bowl, the, the Super Bowl. He'd been to NFC Championship games. And you traded all this stuff to bring in another quarterback. Again, he's got a lot of talent, but he's never really figured it out. And so I get that sometimes you have to gamble and sometimes it doesn't work out. But this is a similar situation in some ways to what Green Bay did. And who knows if Jordan Love turns out to be a stud, maybe we're looking at all the Green Bay stuff a little bit differently coming up in just a couple of years. But when I look at what they did, where they traded up for a quarterback when they had Aaron Rodgers, and maybe you could have just drafted a receiver or drafted some help along the offensive line or whatever position they needed help with, maybe you could have seen that team competing for a Super Bowl instead of getting stuck in the NFC Championship or getting stuck in the divisional rounds or not even making the playoffs. Look at the 49ers, a team that continues to go far in the playoffs what if they had a player that was actually helping them on the field and not sitting on the bench or injured in Trey Lance? What if they had another receiver? What if they had, maybe if they wanted to spend it on a running back, what if they had something like that to help them out? They traded all that stuff for Trey Lance, and he's probably going to play eight total games make four starts for them. And I get the appeal of a guy like Trey Lance that can run around, that can make plays. But Kyle Shanahan is supposed to be this genius guy that I can get past it. He's supposed to be the coach that can make do with less. I understand if you look at Sean McVay, they went to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. They didn't win it. They won it, though, when they finally got a Matt Stafford. So maybe he was looking at that sort of an example and thinking of that sort of thinking. I don't know. But it's crazy to me that the 49ers are where they're at. And then I don't know why we're all just assuming that Brock Purdy is going to be the same guy again. Maybe he will be. But I'm just not so sold that Brock Purdy is going to step back in and give you that same level of play that he did last year. It's not as if Brock Purdy was the world beater. Brock Purdy just did what was in front of him, which is a lot of times what you just need to do as a quarterback under Kyle Shanahan. And he's played a lot of football, Brock Purdy has, starting a bunch of games at Iowa State. Trey Lance, not as much. So maybe it's just an experience thing for Lance, and if he gets a chance to play somewhere else, he can turn out to be the guy that the 49ers thought he would be. And they don't have the, they don't have the luxury of just throwing him out there and trying to develop him. They've been competing for a long time. He also got injured last year. But I just question when you look at this 49ers team, where could they be if they didn't have to make that trade? And so looking at the guys that got picked with the draft picks, they traded to the Dolphins for the pick. Now, a lot of these guys ended up, these picks ended up getting moved around, so other teams drafted them. But 12th pick in 2021, they moved back nine spots, the Dolphins did. Micah Parsons. Cole Strange, the 2022 pick, the 29th overall. 2022 third-round pick turns into Channing Tindall for the Dolphins, and he's been kind of a special teams ace for them. And then the last pick that was traded this past draft, Brian Bercy out of Clemson. 
So Micah Parsons, Cole Strange, Channing Tindall, Brian Brisey, or Brisey, however you say his name, for Trey Lance. I just don't think that that ended up being worth it. I I like the I was intrigued by the talent of Trey Lance. I am. I thought that he would be a solid NFL quarterback, and if he would have been available for Washington, maybe it's something that I would have been some, excited for them to consider. But it's just crazy to me that they're at where they're at, and they did all that for a quarterback, and it's just not going to work out, and they're going to end up rolling with Purdy and Darnold. All right, I want to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. There's a guy that, outside of Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, I think you could argue is the most important player on that Chiefs football team, and he's not in camp and has not been in camp, and I don't feel like we're talking about it enough because if they're going to want to repeat as Super Bowl champs, they're going to need this guy. We'll talk about him next here on Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot take. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Final segment of Overtime here on 106.7. The fan, Toby Altizer, taking you up until 10 o'clock. Then we'll turn it over to JR Sport Brief for the rest of the night. Right here on 106.7. The fan. As we wrap up looking around the NFL, there's a guy that has not been talked about enough that has not shown up to Kansas City Chiefs training camp that if they're expecting to go back-to-back, they're going to need. This is a guy that, according to Pro Football Focus and their top 50 player rankings, was ranked number seven. This is a guy that, in the NFL top 100 for last season, was ranked number 10. I think that you could argue he's maybe the fourth, maybe even higher, best defensive player in football, and that's Chris Jones. Chris Jones has not been at camp. Reports are saying he's willing to sit out until week eight because of the new CBA. They cannot sit out the full season and accrue it, so they have to show up at some point, which I think is week eight. Andy Reid had this to say when talking about it. He said, there's been no communication, so I don't know what's going to go there. Whatever happens, happens. If he's not there, the game goes on, right? That's how it works. This is a guy that last year had 15 and a half sacks and 17 tackles for loss, and he hasn't showed up to Kansas City Chiefs training camp yet. And indication is he's not going to until he gets a new contract. I don't know how this isn't being talked about more. If Aaron Donald had not showed up to Rams training camp, that would be news everywhere. 
right? I mean, that would be huge news. And I think that you could argue at this point that Chris Jones has passed by Aaron Donald. And it's not because Donald is bad or anything. I I think he's slowed down just a little bit, and maybe some of that is an injury he was dealing with last year. Who knows? Maybe he gets back to being the most dominant defensive player. But even so, a defensive tackle in Chris Jones that gave you 15 and a half sacks last year, there's not many of those guys. There's only a couple of guys that I think I would argue I would rather have on my football team defensively if I were starting a team. Number one, in my opinion, the best defensive player in all of football right now is Micah Parsons. The versatility that he shows, his ability to get after the passer, unmatched. It frustrates me that he wears that stupid star, but in my mind, there's not a single defensive player in football that's better. Now, it's pretty close, because right behind him, in my opinion, Nick Bosa, those two guys, I think, are far and away the best defensive players. And maybe you could argue outside of outside of quarterback, the best young players in football. Maybe you could throw in Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase if you want to throw in those guys. But for the most part, defensively, there's not anyone I would take ahead of Nick Bosa or Micah Parsons. But after that, I think it's got to be Chris Jones and Aaron Donald. And I think with age concerns... Concerning age, it's got to be Chris Jones. And this is a guy that, again, 15 and a half sacks at a defensive tackle position for a football team that needs all of that because they're not able to spend tons of money on edge rushers. They've got first-round picks over there. They've got George Karloftis and various guys. But they need at least one guy on the defense to be a difference maker because they can't spend tons on that side of the ball because you're spending so much with Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey. You can have one guy over there, but you can't spend on all of them. And Chris Jones makes everything a lot easier for those guys on the edge, for the linebackers, for the secondary, because he's so good in the middle. You have to double team him or he's just going to blow up every single game. And think about the teams that they're going to go up against. If you don't have a pass rush against Buffalo, well, good luck. If you don't have a pass rush against Cincinnati, well, good luck. You know, those kind of guys, you absolutely need to have a guy like Chris Jones. Patrick Mahomes is spectacular. So is Travis Kelsey. And if you know anything about me, you know how much I like Patrick Mahomes. But they need to have Chris Jones back if they want to win the Super Bowl again this year. Chris Jones is one of the most important defensive players in all the NFL, and he hasn't showed up yet. And I I don't know when they're going to get this deal done. I don't know if they're going to get this deal done, but they just don't have the talent on the defensive side of the ball to not have a guy like Chris Jones there. And their offense is spectacular with Patrick Mahomes, but there's only so much that they can do. You know, you got to think, too, about how these Kansas City Chiefs games go. It seems like so often they fall behind early and then make a comeback. Well, part of the reason they can make these comebacks is the defense starts to bear down at a certain point. And if you don't have a guy like Chris Jones in there, it's kind of hard to bear down. They've had a lot of talent roll out of there over the last couple of years. Frank Clark, those sort of guys. You've got a lot of talent that has left Kansas City. Honey Badger. So losing a guy like Chris Jones on top of that, probably the best one out of all of them, 
at some point you just run out of guys. And so if they don't bring him back and find a way to get him on the football field, they could be in some serious trouble. And I expect them to find a way. I do. It seems like all these good teams, Kansas City, the Rams do it every single year, they find a way to make it work with the cap while our team here in D.C. acts like the cap is the hardest thing to work with in the world. (laughs) If I were Josh Harris, that might be the first thing I spend money on. Can we get a cap expert in here so that he understands how to work all this stuff so when the Rams sign every single stud player they possibly can and pretend the cap doesn't exist and just continually make it work? The Saints do this every single year. They look ahead and say, holy smokes, in 2024, they're like $50 million over the cap. How are they going to make it work? Then they roll into the offseason and they sign someone new. How do they do it? I have no idea. I'm not smart enough to understand all this stuff. But I think Kansas City can find a way to do it. I think that they're going to have to if they want to win the Super Bowl again. And you don't want to be wasting years of Patrick Mahomes, especially when Patrick Mahomes is in his prime like this. Patrick Mahomes can do a lot of things. He can't play defense for you. They need to have Chris Jones back if they want to repeat. Appreciate you guys for hanging out with us this evening. Again, crazy to think that, going back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show, Crazy to think that it's the end for Steven Strasburg. He announced today that, or he didn't announce, but the Washington Post announced that he's set to retire. Going to hold a press conference coming up in just a couple of weeks at Nats Park. It's crazy to think that it's reached the end of the line for Steven Strasburg. And it's really sad for him that it's ended the way that it did. But again, like I said before, I just hope for him the quality of life is able to be there. I just hope that him playing with his kids, him doing the various things that he wants to do just as a human being he's able to get back to. But we'll see. But forever. That guy's forever a Nationals legend. And so, you know, we're going to kind of close the show by the same thing that we started it. Just a thanks to Steven Strasburg for all that he's done. 2019 would not have been possible without Strauss. All the fun that we've seen of this Nationals franchise since his time and his debut since 2010. Would not have been possible without Strasburg. So appreciate you guys for listening in. Appreciate my guy Donald behind the glass for running everything. For Donald, I'm Toby Altizer saying talk to you later. JR Sport Brief comes up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.